Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, No Filter Network, Grant Napier, Eric Burns, and a couple moments, Sean Salisbury. Burnsy, how the hell are you, man? Grant, I'm doing well, dude. Uh, just got off the Daily Hustle in which we, uh, this morning, so the Daily Hustle, basically, I write an email, I send it out. It's, I don't know what you call it, a blog, a newsletter, whatever it is, but other life optimization sort of things, I, I tend to try to tie it together at the end. So today's was a, a, about a guy that I imagine being from New York, you were familiar with, Vin Scully. Oh, and of a, just a, a tribute to, to Vin and his life. And it's funny because what makes him so great, and I didn't even go over this the Daily Hustle because kind of rushing to get off, but my boy Kowalski, you know, read the email yeah. that I, I'd sent out and, and everything. But what really fucking makes him the best of the best, it wasn't, the way he called the game. It wasn't his voice. It wasn't, was his pace impeccable? Of course it was. It was, it was there was nothing like it, right? Uh, the, the, the way his voice was, and it just, whether it felt like it was your grandfather talking to you, uh, it, it just had this warmth and feeling, whatever. Um, but even the, the, the call, the action, like it was really good, but there's other broadcasters that did the same thing. Yes. What made him different were the stories that he told. The way, if they're stories, like I would listen to him when I was a kid. Now I could have listened to Hank Greenwell, Ralph Fairley, which I love the giant, you know, Giants broadcasters, I think at the time when I was brought up. But when I was able to get that, I think there were 720 or 740 down in LA, I would listen to it because I was a young aspiring major leaguer. And so being a young aspiring major leaguer, I wanted to hear the guy's stories. I wanted to hear yeah. about the the guy that went to Northridge High School and then went to UCLA and then went to the and in in my opinion, I never got to hear the stories. Everyone would kind of just bypass those stories. So when I got into broadcasting, I promised myself that no matter what, I would always tell the story of the guy in the other end. Now, obviously, I was gonna be able to tell like Vin told it. That's no. just next level. But I was going to tell the guy's story. So the guy was from Lake Tahoe, for example. There's a kid from University of Arizona. I remember he was from Lake Tahoe. So I remember telling his story of like, how does a guy from Lake Tahoe end up at University of Arizona? Yada yada. And you know whether these guys are two sport guys or whatever it is. I mean, that's I just think that's everything, man. Like that's what captivates us. We as people are storytellers. I had a podcast on Friday, and I had Steve Sachs on, I had Mickey Hatcher on, and I had our good buddy F.P. Santangelo on. Has F.P. ever shared the story of the f- flight 
cross country when he went up to Vin and told him he was mispronouncing his name. Has FP ever told you that? No. Okay, so get a load of this shit. FP was on the Dodgers in 2000 for only about half a year. So FP's parents and everyone kept on saying, hey, man, Vin keeps on mispronouncing your name. Instead of Santangelo, he was calling him San Angelo without the T. So time went by and FP says they're on this cross-country flight. And FP said, the first thing I did, I had a couple of beers before I went up and talked to Vin so I could calm down. He goes, I walked up to the first row of the plane where Vin was. And I go, Vin, how are you? And Vin goes, FP, how are you? And they start talking. And FP goes, listen, Vin, I'm just happy to be here. And it really doesn't matter to me, but I just want to let you know I'm getting my parents and my family and my friends telling me that you're mispronouncing my name. It's not San Angelo, it's Santangelo. And Vin goes to FP, goes, FP, uh, you know I'm from Brooklyn, right? And FP goes, yes. And he says, well, I just want to let you know, I have a lot of friends with the same last name. And it's not pronounced Santangelo, it's pronounced pronounced San Angelo. And FP goes, oh, okay, Vin. So my family's been mispronouncing our name our whole lives. Okay. And fucking Vin Scully. Okay. This is great. Vin goes, hey, FP, I really appreciate it, but you're mispronouncing your name. It's San Angelo. So the rest of the season, Vin kept on calling him that instead of Santangelo. Is that Come on. What? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Uh, yeah. Sean, good morning to you. We were just good going morning. over Vin Scully and. Uh, you know, he passed away last Monday, and I, I so this morning in the Daily Hustle blog that I I sent out, um, I just wrote like a tribute to him, and basically because he was really like he inspired me to become a broadcaster, but not only that, he inspired like I know we're obviously way different, but the broadcasting style because the one thing that resonated with me when I was a kid and I got to listen to him were the stories, and it's like I would listen to him because. As a young, aspiring Major League Baseball player, I wanted to know where that guy came from. I wanted to know the path that he took. And that's where Vin got me. All of the other stuff, great. And yes, he was the best of the best. But it was those stories, man. It's That's that's definitely what hit home. So Yeah, uh, I, I'm with you, Bernsey. It's great to be on And you know what? In truth, Vin probably didn't know how to pronounce it better than the old guys, Dave. That's how good Vin is. I think he's the greatest storyteller on broadcast television in my life. And I, I think we grew up all of us in an era when in Burns year younger, but you know, from Ernie Harwell to Harry Carey to Brenneman to the, the list goes on and on about the great Jack Buck. Um, I'm not sure, maybe I'm spoiled, but I'm not sure Vin has a peer. You know, people don't realize he was the one who called the catch. And when, when the 49ers and the Cowboys and people don't remember, I think he was on the call with Hank Stram and, yep. and he was an 18th tower guy for CBS at one point too. He's done it all. And we've had a lot of great ones when it came to it, but I grew up in Southern California guys. And, you know, normally we watch baseball for players and as a red sub, but watching the Dodgers was, even though I grew up in San Diego, LA was first because of in Scully. And we were fortunate. We had Bob Miller on hockey, Chick Hearn for the Lakers Oh. Dick and en- Dick Enberg for the Angels and Vin Scully were all within eighty square eighty miles of each other, right? Calling games and Vin, I grew up, you know, for Vin Scully and Farmer John Hot Dogs, you know, in the Union seventy six sign. I didn't watch Dodger baseball or listen to Dodger baseball for the players at that age. It was because of him. 
That's right. And my, my brother's sister was a diet. She'd carry it. And we don't see this much anymore, but the last time I was in Dodger Stadium, and at no time in my career, and I was fortunate I was able to go meet these guys and be in the clubhouse because Mike Marshall, I was in his wedding, Bernsey, and Steve Sachs and I were ushers in Mike Marshall's wedding. So when I was at SC, I'd go take batting practice, and I'd go in the clubhouse with Tommy. I got some friggin' great Lasorda stories too, but it's Vin's day and Vin's time. But being a part of that is that he was so good that I watched baseball because of him. I'm talking about Dodger baseball. And then the player, oh, yeah, the players. But the picture he painted, I can remember so many things about growing up about Vin Scully and then being at SC and going to Dodger Stadium on a regular basis. But I remember there's no ballpark in the world. Now, I know old school when they take transistor radios to the park. I'm talking about it. You were in as recent as Vin Scully's career, the last time I was there later in his career. He was the one broadcaster that people, they, they, they needed to hear him. They had transistor radio in their ears inside the ballpark. On a, and I'm talking, it wasn't three or four people. It was a regular occurrence that Ben Scully, you just couldn't miss the call when you were in the ballpark, whether he was on radio or television. And Jack Buck's call, I don't believe what I just saw. But I remember, guys, I was in Hamilton, Ontario. In the CFL in 1988, and Mike and Saxe obviously were playing that World Series. And I'll never forget, I was in bed. It's East Coast time. I'm on the Canadian side of the friggin' Niagara Falls, getting ready to play Hamilton the next day. And it's three hours later, and I'm fucking not even thinking about sleep watching this game. And so out, and Vince setting this up for like 15 minutes, Gibson in the dugout. And that when he hit it, and it, you know, and and the, the, the iconic call, but to 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 lay out for so long, and just epitomize what he is and in, in lack of ego, and then when he said the most in the most improbable of seasons, the impossible has happened, yeah. yep. and he laid out again. I I just I oh. thought he was peerless, man. I get the chills, and I remember jumping up on my bed. I'm freaking going nuts, and the Dodgers win, but Vin Scully was the reason I watched Dodger baseball. Yep. And then the players came second. I thought he was yeah. I, I I think he was peerless, hey, man. I really do. How about how about his call on home run number seven fifteen for Henry Aaron at that time in our yeah. country? The home run he lays out for over a minute, talks about what a great moment this is for baseball, what a great moment this is for our country. A black man is getting a standing ovation in the deep south. I mean, it doesn't get Phenomenal. any better than that. And I remember the visual of me because I was watching that on that, that was I was watching that on TV as well. These things that I saw, you know, sometimes we see highlights, but I can I guess I guess it means I'm old, but I remember Tom House catching the ball in the bullpen. Tom House is the one who now does all the SC and quarterback trading stuff for all the biomechanics. Tom House catching, and he's the one who taught Nolan Ryan how to play long toss football. Al Downing's pitch, and Aaron hits it over, and Hank Aaron, the way he treated the guys that ran on the field and patted him. Right. I mean, everything about it, but Vin Scully. And our buddy he, Dusty was on deck. That's the damn right he was, and damn right he was. So to me, I get the chills when I think about the great calls of broadcasters. Vin Scully, there's not enough stories to go around. I was reading Larry Stewart's – Larry, I don't know if you guys saw Larry Stewart, who the, the former L.A. Times broadcast column writer. Larry, you – I mean, Bernsey, yep. you probably know Larry, but I know you do, Grant. Yep. He's been a dear friend of mine forever. And he posted a handwritten letter from January of this year about his book that he had. And Vince Scully 
and apologized for not being able to write as well. So he typed this one out and just moving. And it just till the day he died, the class, the lack of ego, but the brightness. And he, he's the one broadcaster that the, if you had somebody next to him and he had great ones over the course of his career, don't misunderstand me, but nobody better without anybody in a minimalist fashion to sh share stories. Matter of fact, you almost had to sit back and say, do your thing, Vin, because uh, I mean, it, it, it was, he was just as good by himself well, as he was with a guy yep. who was better. his analyst. And it sometimes <laughs> the analyst got in the way of Vin Scully. You didn't really want to hear him, even though they had a lot of good ones over the course of years. Vin Scully alone is the very best on the planet. And I felt like I was in the... No matter where I was, I felt like every situation I could see the seams of the baseball from my friggin' radio. Phenomenal. Unbelievable. You, good luck. I mean, I know Joe Davis does a great job, but can you imagine? Hey, you're gonna, you, you get to be the next guy. Well, it's an honor. Good luck. Good friggin' luck. The, the confidence that you have to have if you're Joe Davis going into it. I remember I was calling a game. It was a Diamondbacks-Dodgers game. And this is when we first, this, I don't know, three, four years ago, when they first got into doing the YouTube games, the Facebook games, and the streaming games. And so the Dodgers broadcast was off. And I believe it might have been because Vin's game was probably like, what, 2019 was his last game. So or somewhere in that, in that 2018, 2019 time. But Joe Davis had taken over. And I was doing the game with Oral Hershiser. And there's a guy, like this young kid that was kind of sitting off to the side. And just very, very, very like, you know, let's cross, keeping score, listening in. I'm like, who is this guy? And then in between innings, he comes up and he's like, Eric, Joe Davis, you know, very, very confident this and that. Don't sleep on these dudes, man. These fuckers got some serious, serious, like, moxie, ego, whatever you want to call it. Like, they... They have it. And Vin, I, what, I, what I found fascinating about him was he was the only broadcaster that never hung around. What? Like, you always see everybody else. You go in, you play these teams. He's in the locker room. He's getting stories like this and that. He did all his research online. And he before that, I don't know where the hell or how the hell he was getting these stories. But And then he would talk to the manager. So... I, the one time I really got to meet him is I, I, I went in, I'll, I'll never forget, man, of Bob Melvin's office, Dodger Stadium. And it was really early, probably like 2.30 in the afternoon. And I randomly walked in. All I saw was Bobby was talking to somebody. And Bob and I have always, always had a really good relationship. And it's like fire in there. Like, Bob, what's up, man? Oh, shit, Vince Scully. I go, hey, Vin, Eric Burns. Nice to find that, you know, shake your hand and, and, and meet you. And I go, look, man, I go, I've been in the big leagues now, let's just say eight, nine years. I haven't asked a, a, a one player for a signed baseball. Then could you pl please sign a ball for me? Is that like, is that okay? He's like, yeah, bring it in. Boom, bring the ball in, signs it. And he's like, sit down. And, and it was Vin, myself, and Bob. And... I don't. I couldn't even tell you what we talked about. It didn't matter. But I ju right. just to see him in that environment, 
Oh, it's so special. Man, Joe Davis what? is going to be good, Burns. That's a great story. For granted, I didn't mean to interrupt. Joe Davis oh. is really good at his job. I mean, he is fantastic. But the Vince Scott, I'd be afraid. The very first time I don't, they, you would have had to broadcast, I don't know about you guys, if you would have had to sit next to him and broadcast a game with him, no matter how good you are, wouldn't you guys? I mean, for me, I would have been of like, course. good. I can remember the first time yeah. I interviewed Stan Musial in person. It was early at 19. It was my rookie year, Grant. I was in Vegas. We were doing a show, and I had to interview. I about pissed myself, right? And then I had to interview Keith Jackson one time and Pat Summerall. Those are the other two that made me really nervous. Yep. But they were so friggin' good at it. And Pat goes, I don't know if I've ever shared this. I remember, and the great ones, Pat, I, I remember at the end of the interview and being the dumbass that I am, I said, Pat, because he had covered me when I played, I said, you, you, you got to give me the Augusta's winding down and you're throwing it, or any golf tournament, and you got to throw it to the promo. And Summerall stops down, and he goes, I'd be happy to, Sean. You know, Mr. Minimalist with that voice. Yeah. And he goes, up next, 60 minutes except on the West Coast, followed by Angela Lansbury in Murder, she wrote. I fell out of my chair crying. I, I said, I've gone. To, this is it. But I look at the Mount Rushmore guys that made me nervous. I can't – I never got to interview Vin Scully. I was around him plenty, but never got to have a, a private conversation, Bernsey, like you did or get an autograph. But I can tell you this, I probably would have – I don't know what I'd have done if somebody said, hey, Sean, can you go broadcast a game or do a show with Vince yeah. Scully? I'd have lost it. Grant, I'll go tell ahead. You, I'm going to tell you what else that we must mention when you talk about some of the names that you just did. Vince Scully was the epitome of class. No doubt. You will not find anybody. That has crossed paths with Vince Scully, either as a broadcaster, a player, a manager, an umpire, that has ever said a bad word about Vince Scully. The word is respect. And I'm going to share a real quick story. We talk about the legendary announcers that you mentioned in that city. You talk about Bob Miller with the Kings, Chick Hearn. You talk about Dick Enberg. As a young broadcaster, for the first time ever at the Great Western Forum, in 1988, going in to do a game with Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, James Worthy, never been to the forum before, and I'm at the game three hours, broadcast booth is up in the second level of the Great Western Forum, and here comes Chick Hearn, who had already been there working before me, and Chick Hearn comes up to me, extends his hand, and goes, hi, I'm Chick Hearn, it's very nice to meet you. I go, Chick, it's an absolute pleasure. My name is Grant Napier. This is what Chick Kern said to me on that day. He said, Grant, it is a pleasure to have you here. And if you need anything at all, you speak up. We want you to feel comfortable here. Young broadcaster. So I think of the legendary broadcasters. You talk about Pat Summerall. I had many conversations with Chick. I never met Vin Scully. But the thing I love when we talk about the greatness of these individuals is the respect that everyone had for them. And That's it didn't matter. Resonated. Guys no. that you could guys that couldn't do anything for them. Correct. But 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 that's the way they I mean, when you think Chick Hearn, you'll go through names and Chick Hearn's name pops up as like a oh Abdul Jabbar Majan Chick Hearn. I'm talking about people that grew up there. And Chick yep. would I mean he broadcast like eight billion straight games for them. And Dick Enberg. Now I've had the pleasure to talk to Dick Enberg. Fortunately, like I said, these guys have and Bernsey, you being in it too, they covered games of ours. But I also just talked to him, but they led their life the same way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Treat everybody yep. the same, whether it's at the stadium or away. 
and you mentioned it. I, I still go ahead and go, I mean, they lived their life without guile. Everything they did was done in a manner. You mentioned Enberg and Chickern. I mean, talk about spoiled. Good gracious. That's, I mean, if I wasn't even, if I wasn't playing sports, to be able to turn on your radio and at any given time. And Bob Miller's the, 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 the one who doesn't get it. And now there he does, but Bob Miller with the Kings. And now Great. take a look. Oh my gosh. And take yep. a look at the years spent yep. combined. Vin sixty-seven. Hell, Chick had 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 to have sixty of them, didn't he? Grant fifty yep. or sixty. Yep. Bob Miller and Dick Enberg. You're talking about. As a matter of fact, it's like to infinity and beyond the number of games and broadcasts they have. But there's a, and, and there's a few things. You trusted them in their voice. Their broadcast. Yep. You trusted them. Two is you. They were fiercely loyal to their teams without making it so obvious that you couldn't listen. They were respected by everyone in and out of broadcasting, and they were prepared like an like a guy coming into his first job in year thirty. Phenomenal, and I I, I consider it an honor to have forget meeting them to have listened to those guys that we're talking about. And Vince Scully, if there's a Mount Rushmore, I'm not sure that Vince Scully didn't. Uh, Vince Scully might be the mountain they put Mount Rushmore in. Is my point? Yeah, dude. So let's do this. Because I, I think we have the right crew to do it. I think we create a sweet 16 of Ooh. all-time great broadcasters. Are we talking yep. about play-by-play guys? Not I mean, analysts? That's the problem. That's the problem. we got to do two different I, ones. We'd have to do two different I ones know, for that. Right. I know. Right? So, so yep. we could do... Because in my mind, but then what do you do? The question becomes, what do you do with a guy? And this is one of my favorites of all time. And he's a very polarizing figure. But what do you do with a Hawk Harrelson? Who's just baseball. He's just baseball. And he's he's also a play-by-play guy. But he's a color analyst. And an analyst. Dwayne Kuyper goes into the Hawk Harrelson category. I, I, you know. Hawk, Hawk was one of my mentors, uh, one of my favorites, and he's like, I remember early on, and he said something along the lines of like, yo, Bernsey, he said, you're never going to be able to please them all. He said, so fuck them. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. A, listen, I didn't even grow up in Chicago, and you played out. Yep. Hawk Harrelson, friggin', well, we'd get him on WGN or whatever yep. in, in Chicago, and that would came with your cable package. Yep. And so Hawk, if, shit. Are you okay. kidding me? Yeah. But here's, that's the thing. Here's, here's the distinction I want to make about this, and it's a fabulous conversation. You mentioned Pat Summerall. Here's why I have the utmost respect for the Pat Summerall's. You talk about Dwayne Kuyper. These guys came off the field. They didn't go to school. They didn't grow up broadcasting. They became broadcasters after their first career was over. The Marv Alex yeah. of the world, which is one of my favorites, okay? Yeah. The yes! Guess, the Vince Gully, okay? They grew up broadcasting. So when I see an individual like Pat Summerall, who was not only a great football announcer, but was a phenomenal golf host, was a phenomenal tennis host, in terms of announcing all of those, I had the utmost respect for somebody that took up broadcasting as a second career and became a legendary figure at it. I really admire that. Because when you look around professional sports, there are very few former athletes that are good play-by-play announcers. There aren't a lot of them. And the reason for that is because they haven't been doing it for a long time. Those yeah. that do end up doing it, I had the utmost I'll tell you who else was good. Frank Gifford, great player, 
Frank came in and kicked ass oh, as an analyst, as, 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 a, as a play-by-play guy, another guy who was just, you know, oh, I mean, talk about a guy perfect for New York with the looks and what he played. It goes into broadcast. It was phenomenal, his career. I, Grant, you're, you're, you're exactly right. And I also think about the guys who, and we've all been told in our careers how to let it breathe and some can't, how, you know, less is more sometimes. And remember, th- I think about Madden and, and the, the way Summerall – would like Aikman back to pass? He'd say first and 10, Aikman back to pass, complete to Irvin, 15 yards and a first down. Layout. Yep. John would go through everything he had to go through. He set the down and distance. He set the, the yardage, the down and distance. He called the player out, Emmett Smith, off right tackle. And then he, he let John do his thing. He never, and then he teed him up. He said more by saying less, but all the great ones seemed to. And they didn't feel like, even in baseball, when I listen to Vin Scully or Ernie Harwell or Jack Buck, they didn't feel like they had to fill time. They let, like, the birds chirping at a live broadcast. I mean, it just let it go. Nobody's saying it. You don't have to always talk about the pitcher's wind-up, then knowing to weave in a story. I just – I'm with you. So trying to find that balance, friggin' good luck. And then there's the guys who only did one sport but did it so friggin' good. Yep. Like we mentioned, like, hey, you know – Hey, you know, from Harry Carey, right? I mean, hey, Sandberg spelled backwards is grabbing ass, you know? I mean, <laughs> did you ever remember? Have you ever heard Gracie? I, I mean, I know you guys have heard Gracie do him. Friggin' or Will Ferrell in person. Right. Uh, he, did, he did that for us at Ditka's Restaurant for the kicking and screaming premiere. I was crying. But I can remember when, like, when Gracie would do him, or he's a guest, but I remember the time when, when Harry gets up there and was talking about, he was with St- Steve Stone, and... They're going back and forth on this couple keeps kissing in the ball in the stands. And Harry is Harry can only hey Stoney. I, I I every time in between pitches and innings, I see these couple kissing. Hey, I wonder where Dachi is, you know, going through whatever he does. This bud's for you, Stoney, and them too. And then finally, he goes, Stoney, I haven't figured it out yet. So finally, later in the game, hey, I finally figured it out. He's kissing her on the strikes. She's kissing him on the balls. You know, <laughs> just, and you know, like, how can a guy from Venezuela drop a pop fly? You know, all those, oh, there's a high drive to right field. Oh, he hits his head on the, that was Jerry Coleman, remember? He hits his head on the wall. It's rolling back towards second base. But the great, uh, Steve hey. Bouch, ground oh. ball to Bouchelle at third. Oh, he boots it. It hey, looks like he's bad. coming. Trainer's going to come out and spray a little cocaine on it. You know that. That's, <laughs> the, the, the Venezuela one was, was he'd be like, and here's Rodriguez. He's from uh, Venezuela or Puerto Rico or Dominica. I don't know. Somewhere where the sun shines 365 yeah. How can a guy from Venezuela drop a pop fly? When it's sunny, 375 days a year. <laughs> when there's 365 days, you know, just the great stuff that he had. Jenny'd sing Jody Davis. Remember Jody, Jody Davis. I mean, he just had it. I, I friggin' love that guy. But well, all those things. We need to do a tournament. Thing. Yep. It's the same. It's the same thing with um, the the Yankees guy now. Oh, Mike, Michael. Uh, it's, uh, no, no, John, John Sterling. No, not Michael. Okay. John, John Sterling. Sterling. Oh, it's oh, yeah, so, yeah. It's so – so, I, I would listen to him when I first got to New York. And, I mean, I, mean, I get in the cab. You know, sometimes it's, it's a yeah. fucking hour to get off to, to over to Sakakis. <laughs> and they have the Yankee game on. And I'm like, 
They're not serious with this broadcast, are they? Between John Sterling and Susan, Susan Walden, I'm like, what right. the f- what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, I grew up like you know. Again, I, I grew up listening to Van, right? Hank Greenwood, Rob, like I, I these solid broadcasts. I'm like, what is this slop? This is New York. How do they even fucking handle this? And and, and then you, you you listen, you listen, you listen. You're like, dude, that's just them, man. It's 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 how right. they do it. It's fucking different. It's like talk radio in San Francisco. You ever listen to talk radio in San Francisco? Like everywhere else in the country is like that, 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 that. Real clean, crisp, ESPN, blah, 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 blah. Talk radio in San Francisco, if you're not sitting back with a fucking cigar or cigarette in your mouth and drinking a cup of wine and letting it breathe and and then bringing on a caller and he's on for 10 minutes and it's just, it's slower pace, man. <laughs> I had to learn that when I got to KMBR. Yeah. It's like they don't run talk radio like around the country. This is, we have a different style out here. And that's what it does. That's why KMBR has been so successful for works, all these fucking right. years. They, and it works. And they still do it. But it's, it's, it's what people, I think what people are used to too, right? And so if you're used to that, I mean, I'm looking, I've, I've just been like jotting down broadcasters as they've come to mind. And dude, I got, I mean, I'm 22 right here. There's, there's some other ones like, have you guys heard Milo Hamilton? Oh, yes. come on out. Of course. Oh. Milo in Houston. Hell yeah. He's oh, a legend fuck. here. Uh, yeah. Uh, le- 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 yes. Yes. I, I mean, there, there's so many of those guys. Well, uh, it, but you, you also have to go out, you know, all sports too. If we're going to do this, all sports. Like to me, you look at Pat Foley, the Blackhawks announcer. You know, right. you Mike, Mike Lang, the longtime announcer for the Pittsburgh Penguins was fucking great. Well, hell, what about my guy at Alabama, the play-by-play guy? Alabama. Eli Gold. Eli Gold. Yeah. Friggin' classic. This show is sponsored by Better Help. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash grant. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah. One of the all-timers and Birdsy, you make that point about, you know, the, the getting your different flavor. And I'll tell you one thing that does chap my ass. And I don't mean to mean because I know that's how it's changed, the nickname stuff. I can't I, – I, when everybody's got a nickname, and I know they're local and they do it, they're referring to everybody 
we've got it on national broad. I mean, now I just have a hard time picturing Vin Scully get up there and saying, you know, call, calling Pedro Guerrero Pete. You know, when people used to call him Pete Guerrero, or he would. I mean, I understand nicknames once in a while, but there's some broadcasts you'll go through, and eight times in a row they've mentioned this guy's nickname without even setting the stage and telling us the guy's real name first. And so while nicknames are good, I just like I wouldn't call you Burnsy the very first time I broadcast it. I call him Eric Burns and yeah. set the stage and then mix in Burnsy. But the thing about with the everyday guys who travel and are the team's announcers, they're around them every day. So they're buddies like I'd call you Grant or Burnsy. So I get it. But I sometimes it, it's like I don't want to know all the nicknames. Just set the stage for me and talk to give, give me the game. I don't need to need all the nicknames. I, and yeah. I know that's a petty thing. But I, I, I don't know. Did Maybe I'm wrong. Was Vin Scully pounding out nicknames 15 times a game? I don't think so, was he? No, I don't, I don't, I don't think, think so, so. I mean, I, I, but nicknames are good when you're around it all the time. And some people use them right. But I just I, I don't think I heard, you know, other than maybe call him the Wizard of Oz, I'm not sure I heard Jack Buck spend a whole lot of time on a national broadcast giving us local different national broadcasts. I don't need nicknames very often, right? Unless, yeah. like, like Barkley goes by Chuck, that that's, goes by it. Sure. But it's a pet peeve of mine, and maybe I'm wrong, but the national broadcast, I prefer less nicknames, more substance. I understand local bait when you're around them every day, how we get caught up in that, you know, calling them by their nicknames. We got five minutes left, so I want to get to this real quickly. It's been a great subject, and I'd like to be able to follow this up on Thursday with your little bracket there of 16. We should now, vote him in. Let's, let's go. Yeah, we hell yeah. We should do it. But I want, to, I want to get your thoughts before we wrap this up today. Bernsey, I want to start with you. A week ago, we talked about the Padres. We talked about their big moves. And, Sean, you talked about, has any team had a better day at the trade deadline than the Padres? Right now, they can't win a game. They've lost five in a row. Bernsey, any concern there? Yeah, big concern. I, I Listening to Bob Melvin yesterday on the radio, he's just like, look, there's got to be a sense of urgency here. And there's not. It's You piece these guys together. But at the same time, I don't think Bob – was panicking, but he also did say that this is going to take a minute. You can't just throw these superstars together and expect them to win. Like, you you have to get a feel. There's little things, like Soto made that sick catch against the wall last night. These are the things that are going to dear him to Padres fans and the teammates and let him just get up there and relax, be more comfortable. I... You know, last night was a fucking fluke game. They ran into a buzzsaw. It's the Dodgers right now. The Dodgers are the best team in baseball. Best team in baseball. I, I, them and the Astros are, are heads and heels above everybody else. And right now, I'd put them above the Astros. I just that's, that's how I feel about the Dodgers. I think they're that good. But now we're back in San Diego. They're playing a, a, a Giants team that's been scuffling. I, they, they need to win that game. They had a controversial play at home play where the guy was fucking. You can't, you can't overturn that call. Call him safe for out. I don't know if you guys saw it. You can't overturn it. Beautiful relay. Beautiful relay from, uh, you know, it was it was left to Crawford. Crawford threw home to Joey Bart. Bart, short hop, tag. Never called him safe. You can't overturn that. They did. And then they get, what, Doval, Camilo Doval, throwing 103 miles per hour. So if you're Manny Machado and then, uh, or it was, it, was, it was Juan Soto and then Manny Machado, uh, and then Josh Bell set him down one, two, three in the ninth. That's going to happen. They're going to go through some growing pains. Uh, but at the same time, are there concerns? Uh, they're, not, they're not winning the division. 
I think this team still makes the playoffs. And by then, you want to be the hottest team in in like late September going into the postseason. Right now, it doesn't matter as much. I think they're going to sneak in there. They'll be fine. I listen. I, I 100. The Dodgers have just decided to hit all 12 cylinders, man. And we know they can pitch, they can hit, they can. There's there's nothing they can't do. And the Padres are going to have to step on it. And then I start to think ahead in the postseason. Grant, we talked about your Yankees, who you know 21 and 23 over the last 45 games until 43 games until last night. So 22 and 23. So there's been a body of work. You say, what's going on here, right? And I still I still believe they're such a dominant team. But now we're talking about you're talking about not resting players down the stretch now because you're trying to get home field advantage. What is a half a game or a, a full game now since the Astros yep. didn't play last night for home field advantage. And a, a couple things, and I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know, but in a shorter series, divisional round, I still believe five games unless it changed this off season, right? Five. Think about this. Now, if you're in the national league and you run into DeGrom and Scherzer, you better fucking belly up, dude, because those Mets oh. are, uh, you, you look, better look, the, fuck, you, look yeah. the fuck out. You bet you come you're into right. those guys and you're a favorite and those two guys take them out and you get your friggin' ass handed to you and you're the favorite. Good fucking luck facing those two. And yeah. then all of a sudden oh, Verlander, yeah. Verlander, and if, if Fromber's kitten ground balls and Verlander's doing well, dude, he's down to one like one eight three right now and got fifteen wins and he's forty and he's gonna make forty five million a year next year and he's coming off surgery. But you run in, I'm just telling you the sneaky thing through all this is go ahead in the National League, and we know the Dodgers, go ahead and blink and, and have those two big right-handers that are, that are gassing it up and fucking with you and throwing three different pitches at you and bulldog and challenging you and running it by you. Don't sleep on that team in New York in the National League. I think the, two, the, the Yankees and Astros are the best teams clearly in the American I do. But once again... You get a hot Toronto team that swings the bat and goes long ball, but it's that pitching of DeGrom and Scherzer and their, po their, their guts and balls and the fact that they can just flat out tell you what they're throwing and still get you out. Yep. Be careful. I'm just telling you, as good as the Dodgers are, be careful along the way. Now, in a seven-gamer, may be different, but in a five-game series in a divisional round, whoever draws them, be careful. That, that, those two frontliners are nasty. Hey, before we finish up, guys, the most ridiculous stat I've ever heard, and I'm not sure if this has ever happened in the history of baseball. In DeGrom's last start, at some point, it was like he threw 18 sliders and had 18 swings and misses. Yep. It's ridiculous, man. Yep. Yep. I, I, you, I can't conceptualize that. 18 slide, eight, like nobody, lefties, righties, nobody could hit it. So I look out for the Mets. That might I be the agree. best team. In, that might be the best team in baseball. I, be really I, do, I, I don't want to mess with those two cats up front, dude, because you might, it's almost, if, if I'm a gambler, but, I can sure shit tell you who I'm betting on. But I don't give a shit. Positions. I don't care who the best team in baseball in August is. So a month ago, everybody was talking about the right. Yankees, the Yankees, the Yankees. Agreed. Now you get a couple of injuries. Stanton's out. Rizzo's out. Carpenter broke his foot last night. I don't give a shit. Let me know when we that get That Carpenter thing nerve-wracking to me For if I'm a Yankee fan. He's yes. been a monster. Yes. So my point is, and you guys know this, momentum is important in baseball. And I think, you know, let's let's have this conversation at the end of September and see which team is playing well. Because right now, if I had to play the Yankees right now, that, I wouldn't be intimidated playing the Yankees right now. They're not that good right now. 
but they might be really fucking good come October. You know, right now they're not that good. And the Astros are a tough matchup for them because they swing yes. and miss a lot, and the Astros don't. And Adam Mancini's right-handed yep. power is different. And then Ashley, though, well, we got the Dodgers, and I'm with you guys. But I'm just going to tell you, yep, those two cats up front, man, and they are mean and friggin' nasty, too. Yep. Look out. Boys, let's do it again on Thursday. And, Bernsey, let's get together, uh, you know, maybe next week we can start talking about this announcing bracket. I think that would be a lot of fun, bro. I think we should pull oh, one uh, together for sure and then do different uh, as an analyst, as yeah. play-by-play of all time. And I think that's what we have to do. I, I think it's like, or like we just go, maybe we just go straight baseball broadcasters, yeah. but all-around broadcasters. Whatever. I, well, let's figure it out. Let's okay. let, let, it's a great point by you, man. Great point. Guys? Love you. Great show. Bernsey, Sean, make it a great rest of the day. And hey, thank you, everybody, for watching us right here on No Filter Network. Have a great day. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.